This episode of Talking About the Passion is brought to you in part by Studio Sweden. Studio Sweden makes high-end wireless headphones and earbuds. I use their model, the Regent, which has super good high-fidelity sound, a really elegant and comfortable design, and they're very affordable for headphones of this quality. Plus, they're wireless, which is always useful. No more getting tangled up in cords. Just use my discount code TATP15 to get 15% off any purchase. That's Studio Sweden, spelled S-U-D-I-O. Find the link to go to their website in the show notes for this episode. Hey there, you're listening to Talking About the Passion. I'm Thomas Irwin. This is a podcast where I interview different independent musicians and showcase their music. This is the 50th episode, and it's also been one whole year since the podcast started, so I thought I'd have something out of the ordinary for this one. As many of you know, I write and record music under the name Niagara Moon, so I thought, why not go ahead and have an episode about me? I think I've earned it. So I had a buddy of mine, Alex, who also produces music under the name A Part Of, and you can check out episode 7 to hear his stuff. He's really good. I had Alex interview me, and we had a fun little music nerd fest that you'll hear in a bit. I'm first going to play you a song from my brand new album that does not have a title yet. I explain more about that in our chat. But yeah, here's a new song called The Bomb Is Back In Style. Hey, little lady, let me tell you what time it is I ain't gonna give you what you wanted, but how about this? You should give it up to me Cause I'm a guy who knows how to leave And whatever we got now, the people in town We'll make it twice as large We'll build it twice as Just watch a movie, watch a TV, watch a cooking show Ain't no way of telling what direction this hot air will blow God would wanna leave it to me Yes, I'm the one he'd want us to see You don't have to believe it, but you must concede it To us folks in charge To us folks in charge Plates throw down in the pile. What we're seeing now, we haven't seen in a while. The bomb is back in style. The bomb is back in style. No turning back from a sneak attack. The bomb is back in style.
Your um, your new song, uh, the bomb is what is it? The bomb is back in style. You got it. Yeah, um, I listened to it today, um, and I was like, oh my god, it is so catchy. Oh, thank you. So when did you write that? So I wrote that song over this past summer, so summer 2017. Okay. It was one of those deals where the chorus for it came to my head pretty fully formed, and then I was able to put the verse together really quickly as well. I mean, I think I had the whole song written in like a half hour. So just one of those times. So you say the chorus was fully formed. So when I hear that song, I hear hook, 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 hook. Did, ah. like it has like six it has six different hooks. So what so which part did come come to you as one chunk? Um, the bomb is back in style, like the, the chorus. That part. Yeah. Yeah. That just, you know, that phrase kind of pops in your head and then the two lines after or whatever. And then I, that chord progression, that kind of weird ascending thing. Yeah. I had had that kind of, I was tooling around with that for a while, but didn't know what to do with it. And then I, a lot of it will kind of be, I, I have an old idea and I have a new idea and I combine them. Yeah. Build things on top of each other. That is a uh, philosophy that's extremely dear to me. Um, yeah. You know, picking something that's that's from your past, something that that's been spinning around in your head for a while that you've been trying to fit into some project, and maybe you haven't had success. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you you write something new, and you realize, oh, this old thing that I love could fit with it. Yeah. Uh, that descending kind of chromatic. It's very chromatic. That um, that line that you play on the piano and synth while you're singing the bomb is back in style. It's fascinating. It's, it's like, I can see why you wanted to work it in. Somebody said it kind of sounds like secret agent, man. <laughs> Spy music. This is really, it's really nothing like it. I think in the, in the indie rock community, um, I'll take that as a compliment. It, it's certainly a compliment. I don't like things that sound like other things. Um, <laughs> I mean, everything sounds like other things yeah. to a degree. But... You don't want things that just sound like a, a worse uh, version of something else. Right. 
for for your your listeners, I I really think your listeners should um I think that they have something really interesting in store for them with the bum is back in style because, um, I think it is totally quintessentially your style, but I think it adds something new. I think what it adds is this. There's there's more of like a grounded feel within the playfulness. A lot of your mm-hmm. songs are very playful, but the bomb is back in style feels to me more like it's very catchy and it, it sounds like very focused. It is very grounded in this kind of wise ambiance of like I'm talking about the current climate. I'm talking about what's happening and how, you know, I, I don't I don't know exactly what you meant by the lyrics, mm-hmm. but what they mean to me yeah. um, is like, oh, like the, there was the Cold War back in whenever the fucking Cold War was. Right, right. Um, and, 60 and now I think years ago, 50 years ago. Right. And now I think you're saying like, oh, like nuclear war. Do we have to be afraid of that again? Of course, there are other layers of metaphors within the song, but I think that's one of the themes that I perceived. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like... Uh something a lot of people were thinking about at the time and now i don't know i like to just kind of respond to what i imagine people are thinking about so interesting when i can so what do you so so what do you imagine people are thinking about the threat of nuclear war yeah they're not um gonna forget the whole u.s north korea situation that's going on anytime soon i turned the news app on my phone off i don't want to look at look at it anymore I don't want to, it's never good. It's never encouraging or uplifting unless it's something very small and specific and like feels forced. I don't know. It's just, it's all doom and gloom. So I kind of wanted to make fun of the doom and gloom a little bit, maybe. So I think this is a very special episode of uh, your podcast. Why would you want this podcast episode to be structured differently? Is there a reason? Well... I had in mind for a while of doing an episode where uh, somebody could interview me about my uh, latest release. I thought that would just be a fun kind of change of pace. And it's the 50th episode, and it's also just about a year since I started the podcast. So it's kind of a, a special event in a few different ways. So I figured, why not, uh, why not do it now? I'm certainly honored to be the one who's interviewing you. I am a huge fan of your stuff. And I'm really excited about your new release. Um, and I can't imagine why anyone who heard your stuff wouldn't be. So let's get down to it. All right. I do have some que- <laughs> I do have some questions for you. Some questions. And uh, yeah. And I think that you'll like them. So question number one. In order from most to least, mm-hmm. which aspects of your songs do you want your listeners to appreciate? Well, I guess the question is, what's there that I would think stands out? Or what, what are the, the strengths of the music? What makes it um, engaging compared to other kinds of music? Like if it's jazz music, it's the uh, musicianship and flashy stuff. And then uh, with metal, it's, you know, how metal does it sound? How heavy and like, you know, the roaring, screaming style vocals and all that. So each genre kind of has its traits and... Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what mine would be, but I focus on. Song- <laughs> I still um, I focus on songwriting, melody, like you say, uh, hook, catchiness. I really value that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I grew up listening to the Beatles, and that sort of music. So that always seemed like the most effective kind of pop music to me. S- stuff that is mel- melodically interesting and 
you know, makes you want to hear it a bunch. So whatever that quality is. Um, so the melodies, the, how the melodies kind of fit with the themes and the lyrics, because the melody on its own isn't always enough, I guess. Beyond that, I don't really know. I mean, in general, I just, if the listener enjoys it, however they're enjoying that, I'm fine with. I don't feel mm -hmm. the need to, once it's out of my hands, once people are listening to it, I don't really feel the need to uh, control that or whatever. I mean, a big part of the reason I write lyrics the way I do is I want the meaning to sometimes be ambiguous or you can kind of write your own meaning over it. I don't want to dictate everything up front, I guess. Absolutely. Um, that's a great answer. When I hear your lyrical lines, when, when I hear your, your words, um, I do hear um, something that is very universal. Every line that you write seems universal, um, but not in a way that I think is vapid, uh, in a way that I think is like, clever oh oh thank you so universal you mean everyone can relate to it so so yeah universal is kind of a vague word um and i guess what i mean by that is every line sounds like it could have many different meanings and could apply to many different situations oh okay yeah yeah that's kind of what i go for yeah it's not too literal and, and i like that so what do you think specifically makes a catchy melody Mm, I don't have an answer for that. It's kind of <laughs> like you know it when you hear it because it can be a melody that has lots of notes or it can be a melody that's really simple and really short. I don't know the formula. I'll let you know when I do. <laughs> well, I think one common thread might be the idea of conflict and resolution within a melody. Mm. You have one phrase and that kind of builds things up you don't feel resolution yet into the next phrase or you feel like there's it's like a roller coaster you go up and down the way the melody is set up you f really feel like one thing leads to the next thing that might be uh, absolutely yeah that could be one factor absolutely that that's what i call um direction like some songs i think in their melodies they sound directionless everything's kind of just flirting around just kind of kind of dancing around the the home base the the one chord yeah and it's easy to do that very easy to do that great music is 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 music that takes you somewhere uh, melodically harmonically that has some unrest that has some dissonance within it mm -hmm. that resolves and kind of takes you on this journey where you're like uh where are we going yeah yeah and you arrive somewhere yeah. Yeah, you want to feel like you're going somewhere. I think that's an important point. Yep, definitely. Um, next question. What do you think the best thing that you could hear from a fan who likes your music is? What could they say? What, what one thing could they say to make you the happiest? I just paid you $50. <laughs> <laughs> I just bought all your merch. I don't know. Uh, Culture loses to the dollar, <laughs> Thomas. Culture loses to the dollar got every me time. There. <laughs> um, I mean, if people really actually get emotionally affected by the music in a positive way, like it, it helps them in a tough time. It's just what they needed to relax or to feel better about something. Like if if it actually affects them positively on an emotional level, I mean, I don't know what else you can do besides that. That's kind of, you know, that's the ultimate. What else, what else is music for? Exactly. I think music is for two things. I think music is for intellectual interest, finding something that's fascinating, and also being emotionally moving. 
I want my music to do both, but I think it's most important for it to do the latter, for it to move people. Yeah. I think the music that you make is, some of it is actually very, very moving in, in a sad way. Um, I, I think most of it is, is very, like your songs, I could hear 30 seconds of them. Mm-hmm. And I could be singing them for the entire week. Oh, do they really get in your head that bad? I'm not exaggerating. Wow. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll, again, I'll take that as a big compliment. Oh, no, it's a huge compliment. It really is. Um, next question. What's the hardest thing about being a solo artist? The hardest thing about being a solo artist is you don't always have other people to bounce your ideas off of. You can kind of lose your way, you know, either in a musical sense or, you know, all the logistics that revolve around being a musician outside of actually doing the music. So if, if you're just on your own, you don't necessarily have a, a think tank with you. Uh, if you were bands, you know, you have meetings and maybe you can make more informed decisions because it's, you know, a group of people putting their heads together. So... Yeah, I guess if, if there's anything, it would be that. It's You don't always uh, make the smartest choices if everything is by yourself. If I listen to a song of mine hundreds and hundreds of times, I become blind to certain aspects of it. Yep, yeah. So sometimes you, you take yourself down a rabbit hole, you convince yourself that something sounds good when in fact... Or more often you convince yourself that something sounds bad when it's actually fine. <laughs> Yes. And then you change it too much and then you get away from the original magic of it. I think um, one of the things that I found most important is preserving the original flow, the original move, the move, the original magic of what you, of the idea you initially had. Yeah. I honestly believe good ideas come quickly and you can quickly get them out. The worst ideas are the ones where you labor over it for months and you overthink it, and you didn't have anything good in the first place. That's my <laughs> philosophy. Absolutely. Good stuff comes together quickly. That, that is a, a, a really great theme. Um, what, is the, what is the best thing about being an independent solo artist? Very little overhead. Nobody that you have to split the money with. <laughs> hey, amen. Complete creative control. Do things the way you want to do them, and be true to your own approach. Yep, be true to your own vision. Uh, what do you wish you could do musically from a technical standpoint that you can't? I wish I could sing better. <laughs> you can sing beautifully. What are you talking about? Uh, with some assistance from certain softwares. <laughs> I wish I had a, a more controlled voice. I mean, I could just work hard at voice lessons, but yeah, I haven't <laughs> gotten into that for some reason. I wish I had just a very, or I had very good control over pitch and accuracy of pitch and I had like a very wide range and stuff and more control mm-hmm. over dynamics that would all be cool okay. maybe something I could do if I really focused and worked on it but I feel like my plate's pretty full right now as it is yeah but I wish I could do that um, fair enough I wish I could I wish I could play drums and guitar competently sometimes so I could just really do all the th- right. all the parts myself but may, I mean it is also nice to get other people involved too when I can find them yeah, that makes sense. If you had like certain technical skills that you don't, mm-hmm. would the style of songs that you write and that you produce be different in any way? Um, if I really 
could play guitar, maybe I'd have more songs that were guitar-based. Because I think there's a clear difference between songs that are keyboard-centric. Like, you can hear that they were written on a keyboard. Mm-hmm. Um, and the melodies and the chord progressions came from the fact that they're played that way. And then there's songs that only make sense when you play them with the guitar. Absolutely. So if I had a good handle on the guitar, maybe I'd have it be more 50-50. But because I'm always just a keyboard-centric songwriter, I try to do more within that. I kind of take in more influences and experiment with different sounds to make sure that that approach doesn't get old, you know, because I don't have the uh, the guitar thing to revert back on. I really think that you do what you just said that you try to do very successfully. Um, because when I hear your songs, I don't hear, oh, like another, you know, piano vocal song. Right, uh, right. It's an easy thing to overdo, especially when your songs are slow or mid-tempo. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I hear, uh, like, a lot of variation in your, um, your synth arrangements from song to song. So, good on you. Well, <laughs> I have a lot of different synth instruments, so I feel compelled to try to use all of them. You got a lot at your disposal these days yeah. with all these um, plugins and yeah, I gotta all take these advantage software of all instruments. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what do you think you're especially good at that you wish you heard more from other bands? Um, again, I think I happen to have a, an appreciation for the song and melody writing and mm -hmm. hooks and you know something mm -hmm. that's a little familiar, but a little new, kind of bl blending the old and the new. Um, mm -hmm. There are some musicians that I really admire these days, but then there's a lot where I feel like it's just one thing every time, and it's not ne necessarily something that's very original. It just kind of hits a particular mm -hmm. sweet spot. But right, yeah, I don't know. Um, songwriting doesn't seem to be very uh, popular in 2018 it's you know there's the, the rock thing is still chugging along with just lots of guitars and drums i don't really always like a very guitar and drum oriented music and then of course rap is still the yeah. biggest thing you know right. music that has lyrics but it doesn't yeah. have a vocal melody or only little bits of vocal melody so um right. you know the stuff that i happen to be into just isn't as popular now in certain audiences as it was years and years ago but Whatever. I mean, I, I, I don't, I try not to think about that sort of stuff as much. I have my own, my niche, and then there are artists that I like within that niche. But right. yeah, if the songwriting thing was, was more important, more valued still, I think that would be cool. Yeah. What my idea I, of good songwriting is. Well, uh, I, I appreciate that qualification. The, just a nod to the subjectivity of music. I agree with you. You know how many, you know how, many, you know how, many, how few songs I hear these days um, that like I want to listen to again? Very few. And it's also the way a lot of modern music is recorded and mixed and mastered, whatever technical term you want to use. It's made to be very loud and attention grabbing at all times. It can't ever kind of hold back, right? Lay lay low at all, or get quieter, or just be less right. pushing. Like the way it's made, it's supposed to be like really loud no matter what volume you have it at. And that will just get right. exhausting to listen to after a Absolutely. while. There's, if you compare music, a lot of music that's recorded now versus 
music from the past, you know, all the dynamics have been squeezed out. Mm -hmm. It's just, it feels like twice as loud for no particular reason. It's not as gentle on your ears. So that, that could be one reason maybe, I don't know. Yeah. There are, is a lot of compression used. It's very true. Um, for for the, those listeners who don't know, compression is where you basically just make the whole song the same volume, and that tends to be very very loud. Right. There's no quiet parts. Everything is the loud part. Yeah. I and mean, that's an exaggeration, but it's like you're afraid to be quiet or like have less going on at some point because there's just this paranoia that the listener is going to like lose interest immediately. Like you got to right. grab him and then keep him interested for the whole three minutes and. It's just this assumption that nobody has an attention span anymore, which may or may not be true. Ah, man, dude, I appreciate you saying that because that's been something that I really has really been in my mind when I make songs. I think, oh, am I uh, should I add this like slow, quiet section? Is this going to make people lose interest? Like, in my mind, the listener has no attention span. Yeah. Um, Because why would they? There's like a hundred thousand other songs they could be listening to. Right. that they know of and then you know millions more it's such a big ocean yeah it is you gotta hook them in um all right thomas so next question mm-hmm. who has been your biggest supporter through the years and i don't just mean the person who has encouraged you the most yeah i mean the person who has truly loved your music more than anyone else well wouldn't that be you <laughs> wouldn't you be up there <laughs> I mean, just in terms you... of people giving me like really in-depth feedback about the songs, like on a musical level and um, just kind of thinking me, thinking of me as like a, a music maker. Um, I mean, you've definitely, <laughs> you've been there a lot. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to think of other people who might be, I mean, just people that I've worked with, people who have taken the time to either like help mix my stuff or play with me. I mean, maybe it's, the people who've recorded with me and like played my songs with me and performed with me. I mean, if to put that little level of dedication in when I'm not necessarily paying them, I mean, maybe that's the ultimate compliment. I don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, yeah, totally dude. I, I feel, I feel like the people who have, who have wanted to like be a part of my project, yeah. I'm like, those are the people I'm like, wow, like you must really like it. Yeah. They so, kind of, they joined yeah. the team, so to speak. Yep. Is there a song of yours that you don't particularly like, but that other people have seemed to love? And why do you think they do? Um, well, with the uh, most recent album I put out, you know, when I'm sharing it with people, I included in the, uh, the kind of introductory message for it that um, it's not my favorite on the album or I'm kind of, you know, I made it and I included it, but it's not something I feel 100% proud of. Or for yeah. whatever reason, I don't feel like I put my best foot forward with it. I'm kind of frustrated with this, this or that aspect of it. So that song right. is called uh, Lipstick Stain. <laughs> and um, But, you know, someone reached out and they were like, hey, I did really enjoy it. I think you're too hard on yourself. So I'm like, I good good thing you guys can be the judge of this. I don't want <laughs> to get in your way. <laughs> um, and the reason I kind of wasn't so into it was I just felt weird about how my voice sounded on it. I felt like it didn't. Mm-hmm. really played my strengths as a vocalist. Um, and I wasn't sure if the uh, the melody or the rhythm or, or something was as, you know, effective as I wanted to be. But, you know, so people dug it, so I uh, badmouthed my own songs. 
Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I've, I've had similar uh, situations with, with some of my songs. And, you know, if, if listeners like it, that's all that matters. So, so when songwriters create a solo name yeah. and create kind of, kind of the brand behind who they are, who they want to project themselves as. Yeah, your identity. Yeah, their, their identity. I chose for mine a part of, which is a very kind of psychedelic um, connectionist, Right. Uh, saying, and you chose Niagara Moon mm-hmm. as your brand. So, what is Niagara Moon? What is this? What does um, that name mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you think makes your style unique? So, Niagara Moon is the name of an album from the 70s from a Japanese artist named Eiichi Otaki. And, uh, yeah, who's heard of that, right? So <laughs> I, I studied Japanese when I was in my teens, and I eventually lived in Japan for like two and a half years. And I did a band there called Otarehan, wrote some songs in Japanese. I was really into just a lot of like Japanese folk and pop and rock music. Just I felt like there was a lot of really strong music, but you wouldn't hear about it because the lyrics aren't in English. And I'm not talking mm-hmm. about like J-pop and J-rock. I'm talking about the more like, you know, subculture stuff and um, the music from, you know, a few decades ago. I just thought that there was a lot of really good music and only I knew about it. And um, Niagara Moon is kind of my like my nod to that world. Ah. So it sounds cool. And it's it a reference to uh, to that sort of music that I feel really influences what I do. But, you know, nobody's going to pick up on that unless they're Japanese. Um, <laughs> so that's the significance behind the name. It, you know, like you were saying, my songs are kind of playful or I think whimsical. So it also has that sort of playful imagery. Maybe, you know, it doesn't sound like I'm taking myself too seriously, I would hope. Um, and it's just kind of colorful. And in terms of what makes me unique, uh, in what sense did you mean? I think... Um... When people hear Niagara Moon, what, what do you think they notice? What, what do you think stands out to them as being like, oh, I, I don't usually hear that a lot today? Well, from my perspective, I might have to guess uh, the variety of different sounds and different instruments that aren't really common. Um, I use a lot of different keyboard sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, guitar, when it is in my song, isn't the main thing. It's kind of in the background and supports maybe some of the more uh, unusual parts of the arrangement. Um, you know, synths, but I don't get all synth pop with it either. I don't do the retro 80s thing. I'm I'm always kind of experimenting and in my mind, kind of just cr- trying to create a new genre of sound, a new style or whatever. I, I try to make it interesting for myself by working that way. So maybe people notice kind of the weird, more unusual palette of sounds. And I would hope that the, the melodies kind of hook them in. Uh, I'm very influenced by a lot of older music, but I'm very conscious of that in the, at the same time and try to have some twist on it that makes it feel um, more up-to-date and more like of its time. So maybe people notice that combination of uh, new and old Beyond that, I don't know. I, it's uh, it's hard for me to say. <laughs> I'm not as in touch as I could be with uh, all of my listeners yet. Yeah, well, it, but that'd be a good question to ask them. You you can uh, all all you can do is guess what they'd like. 
So I know that you spend a lot of time on your vocal melodies. You're very meticulous and you put a lot of attention to making them interesting and compelling. And In my mind, that's the most important part of a song, or at least for the style of music that I'm doing, if I want to do pop music or indie pop, alternative pop, whatever you want to call it. Um, the song is the vocal melody. That's Everything else supports that in my mind. Absolutely. So that's where I want to spend the, the most, most of my efforts. Absolutely. I, I think uh, personally, I agree. And I think um, if your listeners do hear your vocal melodies, I can't imagine how they wouldn't just love frolicking in the, in the world that they create. They, your vocal melodies create this, this world of, of constant interest. I, I know that you say that you don't necessarily try to keep listeners constantly hooked be, and you like, well, no, I, I, I do though. At the same time, I, I'm very conscious of, okay, what part of the song is this and what's building up to what's its role? You know, nothing's there unless it has a point. Right. It's supposed to be I didn't there. mean to su- right. I didn't mean to suggest that they, you know, you don't tr- try to make your songs hooky, which you do. Um, I think that what I meant is that, you like there to be an ebb and flow in your song. Sometimes yeah. there's a little less energy and sometimes there's a little more energy. And I think that that is what keeps listeners on the ride. You know, you don't want the the roller coaster ride to just be hundred miles per hour, one direction, yeah. start to finish. You right, want right. it to have some slow parts and you want it to build. And I think your songs do that in an amazing way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's, I don't, need the songs to jump out at people and command their attention no matter what. But if you're on the ride, if you've decided to, uh, to tune in, then I'll make sure to, to entertain you every step of the way, but I don't want to force it at you, which maybe that's what I was trying to get at with my comments on a lot of other current music, you know, music on the radio. Yes. Makes a lot of sense. What, made you start writing songs was 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 there a a way that was there a way that you wanted to be was there some hole in music that you wanted to fill what why did you start well i've always felt compelled to create the creative process is something that i really enjoy and you know when i was a kid maybe that was drawing or trying to like invent a game or like even trying to write a story. So I try all these different things Mm -hmm. and nothing really felt like it stuck, but Mm -hmm. I had also been playing the piano since I was eight years old. I took classical lessons for a while Mm -hmm. and then moved on a couple different genres before I really got into songwriting. So, but it was something that I spent years working at. So I suddenly not suddenly, but I gradually started having some ability with it. And then I mm-hmm. also had this natural inclination to want to create, you know, and I don't want to work on something that I'm not inclined to be good at, or I just, you know, you got to go with what you know, or go with what you have some, some ability in. So right. I just kind of fell into trying to put songs together. Cause then I also started listening to a ton of music as I got a little older just I really enjoyed, mm-hmm. you know, I like movies, but with a movie, you have to sit down, st- sit in front of the screen and stay focused for two and a half hours or whatever. Music, right? it's so uh, fluid. It just like weaves into your everyday life. Yeah. Um, you can listen to one song or you can like listen to music for an hour. You can listen on headphones. You can listen 
uh, in your car or whatever. I mean, it's just, it's the, the movie or the, uh, the experience is much more within your imagination. The music just kind of kickstarts it or whatever. So I found that very, you know, I just got immersed in that. It was something I really enjoyed and still do. And just to start feeling, feeling like I could be a part of that, I could have my take on that, that felt really cool. So, and things just kind of went from there. So you, you were always creative and then you found that you had ability in music and you thought, oh, well, why not focus on this thing? I have ability. Right. I, it was something I could make sense of. I knew how to work towards getting better at it and I had somewhere to start. And um, yeah, over time, you know, I, if I get melodies into my head or I, I get little riffs, ideas here and there that I just feel like would be really cool in a song, I feel compelled to see that through and actualize that. Um, mm -hmm. so that just feels really important to me, you know, otherwise I'm just watching TV, you know? Oh, absolutely. It's way, way more productive intellectually and, you know, allows you to contribute something to something other people can appreciate, um, besides just consuming. I mean, it never ceases to, uh, to fascinate me. It's magic. You know, every day I can get something new and rewarding out of the experience of either listening or making listening to or making music. It's just, it's endless. It's absolutely bottomless. There's, there's no limit. Like in my mind, I think, am I ever going to get bored with songwriting? And then I realized, no, there's, there's no limit to the amount of interesting melodies that you can unfold, the amount of interesting rhythms you could make, the amount of crazy atmospheres that you could create, the amount of yeah. weird things you could, interesting things you could say in your lyrics. It's infinite. People say, and I don't like when people say, oh, every melody has been sung before. It's just like, you know, I don't think that at all. It's I like think saying every game of chess has been played. <laughs> there's a million, com billion, million different uh, combinations of moves. Yeah. Right. Um, so you have a new album coming out. So, so when did you release it? So I released this new album on February 2nd. Okay. So it's been a, been a few weeks. So what makes you excited about it? Well, other than the fact that I'm just putting new music out there for people to, uh, to engage with. Um, so this, this release, this album, it's, it's very unusual in a lot of ways. Um, it's not a typical release. The album uh, doesn't have a name, doesn't have a title yet, <laughs> which is something you're supposed to do normally. Uh, and that, to that end, it doesn't have any artwork and I haven't put it on iTunes or Spotify. I haven't put it on any typical music channels. There's only one way to listen to it right now. And that is to uh, sign up to receive it for free, either um, on Facebook and Messenger, or you can get it uh, via email. But it's this kind of unique, ex I'm calling it an experiment, the uh, second album experiment. Ah. So... You're getting this music for free and you're not just getting like mp3s i'm giving you like multiple ways to stream or download the music you know in different formats and there's like a story associated with each song you know a lot of background and um there's bonus behind the scenes videos and lyrics and chords there's just all this extra stuff there that i wanted to offer the listener the the fan to really give them something of value um, because I think it's just really boring if you have an album and then there's no story or no context. You just throw it up on 
Spotify or whatever, just send people there. And right. it's a much more kind of passive way to consume music. And I just, I wanted to try something new. So I'm doing this second album experiment. And, you know, I've had hundreds of people sign up and, and go through it so far. And um, not besides giving you all this value and giving you all this different content, I'm asking you questions. So I'm getting your thoughts on the different songs. And I'm also, the reason that the album doesn't have a name yet is I thought I would kind of ask people who listen to the album what they thought the name could be, kind of, you know, mm. get their own ideas. Um, same with, you know, artwork and other stuff. Like if I were to create merch, what kind of merch would you want me to to make? So it's kind of directly connecting with people through this new release. Wow. That's what I'm most excited about. As It's a chance not only for people to just enjoy the music and enjoy all the extra content we have there, but to get to know who we are, to get to know more about yeah. us, we can wow. really um, engage with people and get to know them too. That is an amazing idea. That I think that one thing that's missing from the whole experience of artist and listener and, and consumer music and the, the whole thing is missing connection a connection between the artist and the listener. I think that some, some artists sometimes post updates and let you into their personal life a little bit. Um, but, but I think your project is unique in that you actually, you want the feedback and ideas of your listeners. If they have it, I mean, or they're welcome to just listen. They don't have to provide any input if they don't want to, but I'm, offering that option yeah right you're giving them the option um they can be can have as much distance or as little distance as they want yeah from you they can talk to you if if they want they can ask what you meant by a certain lyric or anything yeah that's really cool so what kind of listening experience is this album um so the mood of the album is very i mean along with the release the actual music is experimental, I would say. I'm trying a lot of different things out. Um, each song is kind of wildly different from the next in many ways. I'm kind of finding my sound more. I'm experimenting with different genres. So some of it is still like eating peaches. It's all based around um, what I made in my computer. And it's kind of the one man band sort of approach and lots of very involved uh, sound effects. And it's, you know, sort of like uh, the Pantheon Bar approach to making a song. And then um, as you go further into the album, uh, you hear the music that I made with the band that I started in Seattle. So also the narrative is that these earlier songs I made when I was still kind of working mostly by myself in Massachusetts, and then we had this big move out to Seattle, and I tried new stuff out there and was playing with different Mm -hmm. people. So you kind of, you hear what that transition sounded like. So some of it's more indie rock, some of it's kind of funky, some of it's jazzy, some of it's electronic. It's, um, it's, uh, you don't know what to expect one song to the next, um, which isn't necessarily always the best thing for an album. You know, if I just put this out in a normal way, you'd be like, what, what, what is this? What am I supposed to expect here? So I felt like the most appropriate thing to do was kind of, you know, explain it as we went along, kind of guide you through that, that journey. That's a way to like glue it all together yeah is there a song that you're most proud of that you would maybe want your listeners to hear first or or do you think you would just let them uh, go through the email sequence yeah well i want to let them 
go through it themselves because everybody's going to have a different favorite, I think. I mean, what felt yep. particularly satisfying for me to make may not um, vibe with someone else as much, but I mean, right. you know, I cared enough to uh, finish these songs and record them and, you know, release them in the best way possible. So I'm, I was, I'm invested in them enough to do that. So I would, I would hope that there's some value in them for, for my listeners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you love them all. all of That's them. good. Yeah. I, I stand by them all for sure. You know, otherwise I don't want to put them out there. Well, Thomas, uh, thank you for answering all my questions. Um, it's been really a pleasure to interview you. It's like, it's, you know, it's like I got to interview one of my favorite artists. So, I mean, what's not to like, so thank you. Well, dude, I really appreciate it. Um, you're really good at flattering me in a very honest way. It's, <laughs> it's always uh, really good for my, my motivation. Um, and, and besides good. that, yeah, I really, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to do this for me. I've been wanting to uh, be able to get interviewed myself for a while. So I'm glad we were able to make it happen. And uh, I hope uh, people have found this interesting too. Amen. All right. A big thank you again to Alex for doing that with me. Always very fun talking to him. I hope you guys liked his questions and uh, apologies for the spotty sound quality. If you'd like to hear the new Niagara Moon album, all you have to do is click the link that I provided in the show notes for this episode and you're on your way. Up now, I'm going to give you a preview of one more song from the new album. It's called Feed the Animals. Thanks very much again for listening, and I'll see you next time.
haven't heard your voice I've been away so long It would sound so So when you sign up to get that new Niagara Moon album for free, you know how you should listen to it? On a pair of Studio Sweden headphones, that's how. You'll be able to pick up on every intricate detail we put into the recording, especially so on the Regent, but even if you use one of their more slimmer, portable models like the Trey or Vasa earbuds, it'll sound loads better than those standard Apple earbuds. So go to the link in the show notes to get your pair of Studio Sweden headphones today, And don't forget to use my code TATP15 to get 15% off your purchase.